Welcome, everyone, to the L7C Podcast NFL Divisional Round Playoff Edition. We are in the divisional round of the NFL Playoffs, so the producer, Justin Akindel, is with us today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, bro. How are you doing? Man, I mean, it's it's Friday, and Fridays for me are typically not good at the office, so... so i'm actually just had this was actually the highlight of the day coming home actually be able to talk some nfl with you and before we even we got a lot of games to go over some big games obviously and talk a little bit about some of last week but let's just get into this first thing uh we were joking before we went live that i don't know if we should be called the l7c or we should be called the l7 eagles or the l7 wins because They've been on our pod almost every NFL one. So Monday, Doug Peterson got fired by the Eagles. And this was a guy who just led the Eagles to the Super Bowl two years ago. Right, Justin? Yep, led them to the Super Bowl in 2017. Man, five seasons with the Eagles, 42-37-1 record. Uh, you had it down. 2016, he was 7-9. 2017 was 13-3, the Super Bowl champs. 2018, nine and seven, and they were one. Uh, what was a wide receiver? It wasn't Nelson Aguilar. It was was it was Jeffrey? It Jeffrey? Yeah, it was Jeffrey. One tip, Jeffrey passed away from going back to the NFC Championship game, back to back years. Uh, then it was nine and seven, 2019 wild card lost to the Eagles. Wins got hurt. Then 2020 this year, four eleven and one. Justin, man, break this firing down for us. Was it was it deserved? I don't know if I can say this one was necessarily deserved. I mean, the man's four and two in the playoffs. The division wasn't that good, so he was eating up on weak division. What this boiled down to, essentially, my um, Troy Aikman went on the Michael Irvin podcast, and he talked to Doug Pearson after he got fired, and he basically said that how um, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner. Wanted to keep Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson wanted to go with Jalen Hurts. So that's essentially oh. what Dougie P wow. got fired. He got the axe. Wow. So he wanted to go with Jalen and the ownership wanted to go with uh, Carson, obviously, which we spoke about every week because of that money. But did he talk on the podcast about, did Doug talk about that end of game thing with taking Jalen out? Was that his call? Was that management? Or he didn't say anything about that? I don't, I don't know if Troy and Doug talked about that, but me speculating, I'm thinking that tank job came from upstairs in the, in the front office, that it wasn't entirely Doug Pearson's decision to pull Jalen Hurts in that game. I mean, because if you're coaching for your job, you're going you to want to win that game. He had the impression that he was, you know, good to go. Like, I'm good after this game, whatever, but yeah. So Carson Wentz is Tearing up the Eagles once again. That's what it always boils down to. And he'll be the starter next year. I mean, off the jump. So I guess what the Eagles now is these, I've heard these Super Bowl coaches do not come off trees. So where where can they go to get an adequate coach to fill in or fix Carson Wentz? Like, who's available? You know, that's a good question because. The Eagles have done this before. Like, they fired Andy mm-hmm. Reid, and you know, four NMC championships, Andy Reid. They even mm-hmm. fired Chip Kelly. I mean, he wasn't great, but he, you know, he made it to the playoffs. When we went 10 6 with Nick Foles as a quarterback. So mm-hmm. I really don't know who the hell, hell is about to coach the Eagles next year. I don't know. Yeah, because 
are they I know the hottest the hottest name is the Chiefs offensive coordinator. That's who everyone is saying everyone should go after. I did see a report where they were interested in Ryan Day and Ryan Day said no. So I don't know if they're looking the college ranks too. Is that something maybe a Lincoln Riley entertains? Yeah, I think I think the rumors are Lincoln Riley. I think I've seen I've seen some articles saying that Lincoln Riley might be the candidate for that job. But if Lincoln, but Lincoln had Jalen, so wouldn't he want to start Jalen? So it'd be the same situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're they're gonna have to find a coach who wants to coach Carson Wentz, and I don't think I don't think Frank Wright's leaving Indy anytime soon. So they're gonna have to find a coach that wants to wants to fix Carson Wentz. You know, I think they can do it. I mean, just last year the man was fine; like he was fine. Just got hurt in the playoff game, so. I think he can be fixed, but he's making a lot of money. He didn't play well this year, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, man. With Carson, I, I don't know. He There's always things about his leadership that come up every week, ever since the Foles thing. And we even talked about it months ago that maybe he just needs a new change of scenery. How are you the big paid quarterback, but every time you go to practice, you see your former backup statue at the stadium? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I, I feel where he's coming from then, but they pay it like the Eagles put all this money into Carson Wentz. Like they're invested in him at this point. They just fired their their super only Super Bowl winning coach for Carson Wentz. So Je- Jeffrey Laurie has made has made his stamp. Howie Roseman, the GM, who who's the main culprit in all this? I, Why is he not gone? Because he because he good in with the owner. He good with the owner. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he go with the owner. Like Howie Roseman straight. Oh, that's that's wild. And I just found out that part of that Nick Foles statue, Doug Peterson's a part of the statue. Yeah, they got so a statue of statues. Doug Peterson out there. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's wild in Philly. As a Cowboys fan, I love it, but I, I, I as a commentator, it's just odd. It's just odd to watch. Another thing that just came out of nowhere that we just hit on last week is Deshaun Watson. Like, it came out last week that he was supposed to be in the talks about when they were hiring a GM coach, and he wasn't in the talks. Now he's not returning phone calls. And we have Texans legend Andre Johnson saying they, they waste talent there. So what's, what's happening with this? Is he, he going to force his way out, and is that a right move for him? Like, what, what's going on with him? So what, let's backtrack to March of 2020. Okay. So mm-hmm. the Texans trade DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Trade, him, trade him away for David Johnson and pick. Sean Watson, Sean Watson was pissed about that. He was heated. I would be too. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing. Deshaun Watson, if you're so mad, why a couple months later you sign a five-year extension for $156 million? You just said why? $156 million. Yeah, so he's locked in. I I understand where he's coming from about, you know, the organization being on bullshit, you know, wasting away careers, not making the right moves, but you should have thought about that before you signed with him. You just had a career year this year. I know the team sucked, but you were great. You could have, you know, not signed that contract and, you know, leave him up, leave him up in the air because since he signed that contract, there really ain't shit that he can do to get out of Houston unless – he retires or he holds out because he, he's locked up. I, I know the Texans aren't, aren't going to trade them. They already said they're, they're not going to trade them. 
So we're, we're looking at like a Le'Veon Bell type of situation. He's going to have to like hold out and try to really force them to force them to do something. Be a cancer almost. That's that's his only shot of really getting traded, if you ask me. Yeah, you said the last one to do that, which was which was Le'Veon Bell. But ever since Le'Veon did that, he's not been the same player at all. He wasn't even worth the he wasn't worth the money. A little different situation. Le'Veon Bell didn't play so he can get paid. Deshaun Watson already got paid. He'll be holding out to get traded. Gotcha. And you and you've you've talked about a couple teams that if they traded, they have the cap space to get him. Colts, the football team. Dolphins, 49ers. You're, if he got traded, what team do you feel like would be the best fit for him? I, I have a, I think you're going to go, I think, are you going 49ers or the Dolphins? I think I will go. I'm going different. I'm going the football team. I think he makes them instant perennial NFC East champions. Yeah, him. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. 49ers, though, that'll, that'll be deadly, though. They, the yeah, only reason why, healthy, I'm, yes. Yeah, the only reason why I'm a little hesitant to say the 49ers is they they're in a really hard division. That's the that's the only reason why you you pop you put that you put that doubt in my head. I want to instantly go to 49ers. Not thought about they're mm-hmm. in the NFC West is a pretty tough division, but mm-hmm. you know, coach fit wise, yeah, definitely the 49ers. They they have a good running game. Kyle Shanahan can dial up the plays real well. George Kittle, like it's a stack team. Him at quarterback is not fair, honestly. So if you uh, yeah, that that so you would have potentially if that were to ever happen, you would have to Sean, Russell, Kyler, and Jared Goff. Obviously, I mean your Super Bowl pick, you know, a couple weeks ago still in the Rams. Jared Goff would be the worst quarterback out of the four. Yeah, Jared Goff would be the worst quarterback. And it's not it's not really up for debate if you ask me. So but then I guess what also with that too, what would they do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because then they'd have to get rid of him. Would they do would they trade him to Houston? Like what would they do? He he only has a couple couple years left. I, yeah, that's what that'll be the move. You'll trade Jimmy G probably and two first rounders for Sean. Because because the, the trade price while well, I was reading is gonna be at least like three first round picks for him. It's a guaranteed franchise quarterback. Like that's picks right there. How how many picks did the Ram did, um the Rams trade Rams trade so they can trade to get Jared Goff? Oh, they, they gave up a lot. Yeah, and they gave up a lot. Speaking of that team again, the Eagles gave up a lot. I mean yeah. So we're going to have to wait to see that. I personally don't think he's going to get moved. But if he does get moved, I really, I really just see him going to that young Washington team. I really do. They need, they need a quarterback. They need, they need a tone. Because they had Deshaun Watson, they beat my favorite team, the Buccaneers, last week. Yeah. I mean, they had any competent quarterback. I mean, Tara Heineke played well in that game. They had... Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone step a level above that? Yeah, they're they're a lot closer. They're a lot closer to winning that game. Uh, so we're gonna definitely have to keep an eye on that during the playoffs and the offseason. The next big news, which there was always rumors, it finally went official. Official today, it was coming in yesterday. Urban Meyer is again coming out of the booth, unretiring from coaching to not go to a Power Five school, but to go to the NFL. 
to go be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. This, to me, I mean, there was always rumors. I never thought he'd go to the NFL, but he did. So I was, I was shocked. Justin, what did you think about this move? I was a little surprised. I mean, he's a made man in college football. You know, mm-hmm. work, work in the booth, three national titles, 83-9 and nine record at OSU, 187-32 and 32 record overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he would stay retired. I mean, his legacy is proven in college. I guess he's trying to be the GOAT, coach of all, the GOAT football coach of all time. I guess that's what he's trying to do. Do a Jimmy Johnson. Or Pete Carroll. Or Pete. This is a tough sell for me. I I can't get excited about this because the biggest tool that Urban had when he was at college was his recruiting skills and going into people's living rooms, getting their sons to come. He recruited like a madman. You're not doing that in the NFL. You can't go to someone's house and say, hey, come to Jacksonville. Like, he has to learn about cap space. He has to he has to be less hands-on because he's not going to be have full control. He's going to have all these coordinators. He has to be like a real CEO and just make final decisions and things like that. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. And I also think with his health, he talked about his health being better, but he literally said this when he left Florida, went to the booth, came back to Ohio state, then left Ohio State, went to the booth, and now he left the booth. So this is the second, third time he's done this. So I, I don't know, man. I, I'm i not optimistic about this move because, like you just said, 83-9 and nine at OSU in, a set, in seven seasons, he's going to have nine losses in his first year. I don't know if he knows what it's like to like really, really lose like that on a consistent basis because the NFL is no joke. I think he's thought about this. He know like Urban Meyer ain't dumb. I mean, he took that he took that break from Florida when he was you know having his health issues, and look what he did at Ohio State when he did come back. I mean, he was he was absolutely on fire. He was amazing, and he's gonna he's gonna assemble a good team that's gonna probably help him with some of the stuff that he really doesn't they really doesn't know about. And remember when Pete Carroll did come into the NFL those first couple of years, he was cleaning up in the draft. Because he was he recruited he recruited all those play all those players in college so he so he knows about them and it's like his great skill is being a talent evaluator evaluator so he got he has a good eye for talent he was going to into those houses there in college recruiting those kids evaluating that talent and I think his eye for talent is going to help him out in the NFL in the NFL and you know he got Trevor Lawrence number one pick Jacksonville Jaguars have. 73 million and no 76 million in cap space so they have money to spend I, I just think of Pete Carroll back in back in back in the day when he first started coaching coaching at um Seattle he was he, he was plugged in with the college he already knew what was going on there he knew all those players because he recruited them at USC so at least for the first couple of years he's going to have an advantage in those drafts with those players knowing those players and all that stuff I was going to say he doesn't have to worry about a quarterback because he's going to take Trevor number one but I mean, Pete Carroll, he took Russell Wilson in the third round, right? Yeah. Like, is Urban going to be able to find that Omega superstar in the making? And like, like you said, he will because of his valuation. That's what I'm going to be looking at because I mean, this ain't. And also, too, I mean, he talked about the motivation. This ain't college about trying to get these people in the league. These people are literally playing to give their family lives. So it's going to be different, man. 
is, and is going to Jacksonville. He's teaming up with Trevor Lawrence. He, I mean, because we all know he's going number one, maybe get some free agents out there, but we're, we're going to see he's bringing excitement to Jacksonville. That's definitely for sure. I mean, and he should know the area. Uh, these young people might not know that he wasn't only the coach at OSU. The man has two titles at Florida. He was there. <laughs> I mean, some people only think of him as an OSU head coach. I was like, hey, he was there at Florida for a bit. Well, I can get real old on you. He um he coached Alex Smith at Utah. He's the reason why Alex Smith was the number one pick at Utah. So Urban Meyer go way so, back. He I mean, his the players that he puts into the NFL are is undeniable. So like yeah. he, he was able to spot those guys in high school. So I think he'll be able to spot college guys that he's probably already recruited, trying to get him to go to Ohio State, at least for the first, you know, two, three years of this thing. We'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how he fills up his staff and all of that, man. So we got the divisional games coming up. Uh, first of all, we got listed here, Rams and the Packers. We both did not see the Rams in this game. We thought Wilson was going to be one of those muck em up games where he just pulls it out in the end. And we only said the only way they could win is if the Rams defense shows up, which they did. Exactly so, what they did. <laughs> yeah, that pick six was really the change of the whole game. Oh, yeah. that Like, watching Russell Wilson play, I was like, Jesus Christ, they're getting after him. Like, yeah. it's bad. Like. Oh, that game was pissing me off. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. I went to sleep. I was like, fuck this game. None of the bets are going in. I'm going to bed, but keep going. So what do, you, what do you see happening with this? Do the Rams even stand a chance against the Packers? Because the Packers, last time we saw them play, they looked like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, there's definitely a pathway to victory for the Rams. They just got do exactly what they did last week and harass Aaron Rodgers and get to him with their, with their number one rated defense DVOA. So I guess the plan's going to be, we're going to put Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams. We're going to lock him up and we're going, we're going to have to force Aaron Rodgers to beat, throw him Valquez Scantling and Alan Lazard and beat us that way. Cause the Rams are going, they're going to try to stop the run. They're going to try to stop Devontae Adams. So the, pl- the plan for the Rams is going to get, be to get Aaron Rodgers to not dial in on dial in Devontae Adams. But, you know, Green Bay, G- Green Bay a juggernaut. They can, run, they can run the ball. They can pass it. They, they have a good pass rush. The defense isn't too good on the run, but they can get pressure when they need to. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is, you know, probably going to be the league MVP. He will. Yeah, I think there, there is a pathway to the Rams winning. Also, Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur worked was McVay's OC on the Rams like the first mm-hmm. couple of years. So they kind of they kind of know each other. It's, it's going to be a cat and mouse game with both coaches, but I think I think Green Bay's going to easily take this. What's the line on this game? Green Bay, Green Bay minus seven. Oops, touchdown. Now I, I would be remiss to not mention your guy. I think the most important person in this game actually is Jared Goff because if he plays well and that defense plays well, they're going to have a chance. Is he going to show that Jared Goff who made you say they could be Super Bowl like favorites or is he going to show that Jared Goff who 
you wonder why they spent so much to get the number one pick and paid him. He's so he's so inconsistent. And the man had thumb surgery two weeks ago. And the parts of where I were watching that game, there was a couple balls. I mean, you could just tell, like, the thumb just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, they were complete ducks. So I think the Rams, offensively, they're going to try to pound it on the, on the Packers. That's their, that's their only way to winning. The Rams have a similar offense to the 49ers. And last year, you know, the 49ers went stomped. Yeah, the, 40, the Green Bay came to San Francisco and, you know, 49ers stopped him. So that's a very similar offense. Cam Makers had uh, 176 total yards last week against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be a huge part of that game plan. They're going to you know, run him the ball. He had a couple catches last week. So it's going to be, they're going to do what they're, they're going to do what they do, what they always try to do. They're going to try to pound the ball with Cam Akers, get the play action, the Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And, you know, when Jared Goff has cleared the fine reads, he throws a good ball, but that, he has a broken thumb, which is why I'm not leaning towards the Rams. Really, if he was healthier, yeah. it might. If, if he was healthier, it might. It might be close, but right now, I, I just can't do it. Yeah, me there. I'm going Green Bay and the points too. Next one we got. I actually think this is actually maybe the most exciting game of the weekend, and that's the Ravens and the Bills. Both teams. Had close games last week. Uh, if I do remember, the Colts actually covered because weren't they like a fourteen point underdog? They're a seven point dog, and yeah, they did cover. And then the Ravens Titans game was to the wire. Lamar Jackson got that bug off his back that he won a playoff game, and now we have two young quarterbacks. We're going to be the future. Well, Lamar's already he's an MVP, but the future of this league. Justin, I really don't know who to pick in this game. Like, what's your analysis on this one? Yeah. First of all, Lamar Jackson last week, man. Yeah. Recap, recap last week a little bit. So Titans go up 10-0. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was like 10-3 or so, whatever. And the second, in the second quarter, Lamar breaks off that, breaks off that 48-yarder up the middle and, and scores. And, you know, that was a game after that. And and the two men drill when um which one called when um Tennessee was trying to come back. Marcus Peters gets the pick. And after the pick, the whole the whole Baltimore Ravens team is, you know, stomping on the Titans logo and doing all that shit. So I think that was a real emotional high for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're gonna come come in a bit flat against the Bills. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a kind of a high scoring game. I don't know, I don't know if the Ravens can stop them. Their defensive ratings are you know they're up there they're pretty good, but I don't think they're going to be able to stop stop the Bills enough to win this game if they can't if they can't get going with the run game. You know it's it's crazy too because the Bills like every couple games they'll be sitting in like a 20, 27, 23, and then like two weeks later they'll drop a 40, 50 piece on you. Like they they're ex- they could be very explosive, but. We talked about it a long time ago about if the Ravens were going to get in and they haven't lost since. The Ravens are too hot right now. I mean, the Bills are just as hot. I mean, both games. That's true. They're both, 13 and three. Yeah, both teams are on winning streaks coming, in the, coming into this playoff game. We, 
I mean, we also have to talk about the biggest issue coming into this game, the snow. Lamar, I don't know if Lamar's going to be able to run like he did in that in some snow in Buffalo. Is this a postal snow? Uh, there's forecasts that it might snow, yeah. How much? I mean, it's New York. It could be one to three, maybe more. I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue for the Ravens. I mean, they're a running team. They're running a defensive football team. They're not slinging it too crazy anyway. I mean, it's not like we're talking about Florida. They're, they're in Baltimore. Like, it snows there, too. <laughs> it's not like it's a warm city. So I, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about, concerned about that. Lamar Jackson's from Florida, but, I mean, he's, he's a runner. <laughs> he's a runner. He's a tough kid. I don't think, I don't think he's scared of cold weather. But it's going. Who are you taking in this? I'm taking Buffalo. I'm it, just like what you said. They're just too explosive, and that's what I think the game's going to come down to. Just a explosive play late. Essentially, what happened in the Colts game? Colts game. Josh Allen the fourth quarter had, had a couple touchdowns, and that was the game. So I think yeah. explosive. You know, Josh Allen bombed Stephon Diggs is going to do in the type, doing the Ravens, but it's going to be a good game. I put I'm I'm betting on the Bills, but I won't be too upset if it doesn't win. You know, I love the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Bills are gonna win, but I'm gonna go with the Ravens just to have some difference on the podcast, just because I I, I don't know. I feel like Lamar is they're they're playing really well, but then again, Josh Allen's playing really well. The defense is playing like also shout out to the Buckeyes. JK Dobbins is playing really well. Um they're fighting last week too. Mm-hmm. They're fighting Hollywood Brown a little bit more. I'm just I'm gonna go with the Ravens on this, but I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills just randomly score like 50. I I really wouldn't. Uh, what what we got next? Oh, hey, <laughs> oh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. First, I gotta say. Shout out to the Cleveland Browns. You guys won me $800. So <laughs> I'll just have to throw the shout out there. Damn. Mm-hmm, but I've never screamed so much for a Cleveland Browns game in my entire life until that Sunday. I couldn't even scream during the Buckeye game because I lost my voice. Like $800 in the bag. You didn't have nothing to scream about on Monday, so. No, that's good. true too. And that, that one is that podcast is coming soon. We needed to heal. But Justin, that Browns win, that's the biggest one we've seen in our lifetime. Yeah, that's a that's the biggest Ohio pro football team win I've ever seen living here all my life. I mean yep. st- what quite frankly, what the fuck were the Steelers doing in the first quarter? <laughs> You know, I didn't even I didn't even start watching that game until after it was already 14 nothing when I started watching. I was playing a game of 2K. I, I look at game like, what the hell happened? And then I'm typing up the notes for the day and I finally look at that first play where Pouncey snaps the mm-hmm. ball over Big Ben's head. Like, what the fuck were Big Ben and James Conner doing? They're just hovering over the ball, like, hop on the damn ball. Carl Joseph just hops on the ball and scores a touchdown. And then it just it just ballooned after that. I mean, the Browns pretty much in that game were just in like just chill mode. Like, hey, mm-hmm. he's got get get the next. Justin, week. I told you a big bad turnover game was coming. I told you. You were right. You were. You it was were too right. Com- it was coming. Two picks in the first quarter. Oh, oh it was <laughs> ugly. 
It was and also I, I watched the whole game, obviously, and it's the fact too that he had time to throw. If you watched it, they had three people blocking Miles Garrett. <laughs> and like he had time, but that's 28 to the f- zero in the first quarter. Did, did, I, I don't you like, in, like you can't come back from that. Like at that point, like you're done. You spot him 28 points. Like game's over. It's basically having a plus. Tw- it's basically, it's basically having a 28 point spread. Like it's too easy. You get and the it's, team 28 points in the first quarter. Of course, you're going to win. And it's a fact too that they they would score, and the Browns still were scoring. So it's not like they had any glimmer of hope, like you had in the notes. Like, the score was a lot closer than what the game actually was. The game was not that close. No, not at all. Not at all. Just a little bit on the Steelers before we really focus on this game. Why did you not have, uh, I guess they don't have the cap. Why didn't you have the Steelers as a potential spot for Deshaun Watson? They need a quarterback. It's time. Cap space. They weren't cap space. They were in that top 10 of cap room. Okay. All those teams were like top on the list I was reading, like top 10 of the cap. That's why. You put Deshaun on the Steelers. Whew. Yeah, I mean, back to Deshaun Watson, though, like, I don't see that trade happening. Like, I know we saw the James no. Harden trade earlier. Like, this is the NFL. This is not the NBA. You cannot, you cannot pull a James Harden and then get your way. Not, not in this league. Yeah, that's true. Not in this league. That's true. Steelers got a lot to think about, but who cares? It's about the Browns and the Chiefs. Right. First, I'm just going to say this. How much of a chance are you actually giving the Browns to keep, make this game competitive let alone have a shot to win i absolutely think they're going to keep it competitive okay fuck the numbers the browns are a 10 point underdog i saw that that's some i'm shocked i'm shocked because like we've been watching the kansas we've been watching kansas city for a while i mean after after a week eight win against um the jets their margin of victory has only been four points 3.7 points against Mm -hmm. carolina the the Raiders, Tampa, um, Broncos, Miami, New Orleans, and Atlanta Falcons. Like, you know, like other than Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Miami, those teams aren't very good. Like, the Chiefs should be stomping them. I was going, mm-hmm. I was going through some of the numbers. The Chiefs have the worst red zone defense on football outsiders. DBOA thirty two ranked. Like, the Browns can the Browns can score the football. They can run the football. The Browns. I had this in my notes too. The Browns have dropped 40 points four times this year. Now I, know, yep. now, I know what we saw last year with the Chiefs in that divisional championship game against the Texans. They were down 24-0, dropped 28 in the first quarter, and ended up dropping 50-piece. Yes. But they have not done this this year. Only dropped 41 times, and that was against the Broncos. Like, I think the, this line is crazy to me. Like, I don't know why the Chiefs are favored by so much. I know Andy Reid's, like, kind of god tier off a of bye, but, like, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland ain't a bad football team. This team has won 11 games. I mean, I know they came into the playoffs with a negative point differential, but you saw what they just did to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know the Steelers have been mm-hmm. playing like dog shit, but like 10 points is a lot of points for a lot of points to be an underdog against the Chiefs who haven't been putting up margin against teams all year. Yeah, and, and I think also, too, people are really underestimating the Browns' offense. If you do remember, in the best Monday night game of the year, they dropped 40 something. Like, they lost, but they were still able to drop 40, and they were able to go tit for tat for, with, against Lamar's offense. And the Ravens aren't and bad defense look. either. You know, no. Ravens' defense is better than Kansas City's defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they dropped 40. And also, too, with the Browns, people, I don't, I don't know, people don't give these two enough respect. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I think, is the best running back duo in the league. 
It's not. It's not up for debate. Who better? Yeah, but you. Who better? Uh, who better than those two? Those two as a tandem. Who better? I don't think there who is. Can, I can't think of. I can't think of a duo off the top of my head who got two running backs. The Browns have two number one running backs. Two. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time, when you, you, most of the time when you see the running back tandem, you know the second guy is just like a pure receiving back or something. Kareem Hunt can do it mm-hmm. all, just like Nick Chubb. It's crazy. And and Kareem Hunt's motivated because you know he got let go of Kansas City, so he, he's gonna he's gonna do some things. I think the Browns' only problem on defense, and I'm looking at his stuff right now, because Miles is gonna be getting to Patrick if they don't triple team him. Uh, they're having some cor- Denzel Ward's coming back. They're having some corners come back. They don't have anyone to guard Travis Kelsey. Not one person. That's a problem. No, I feel like Travis is looking at a like a hundred thirty something yard receiving game. You know what? I think the Browns can keep up though. I mean, yeah. the, the the path like the path to victory is keeping the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. You got mm-hmm. you got you know it got to be a it got to be a 40 carry type of day between the two running backs, you know, to eat up possessions and make sure Patrick Holmes with the ball. But I absolutely think Cleveland can keep this close and cover that 10 point spread. Like, absolutely. I don't like it should be like six or seven points, not 10. Like, yeah. It also, too, another factor is Kevin Stefanski's going to be coaching again. Like, they had a dude who's never coached, like, they've never been a head coach coaching last week and they killed the Steelers. You got Kevin, who I think should honestly be unanimous coach of the year. I'm I'm on that train now. But I I see I, I'm I'm taking Kansas City to win this game. But I really do not think Cleveland is just gonna get mud stomped like everyone uh Claypool thinks they're going to. Yeah, I, I don't see that the line's a little fishy that they're giving the Kansas City a lot of points and I I think that line's so high just because Andy is Andy Reid coming off a bye. But the Chiefs, like the Chiefs, aren't the last year Chiefs where they were just destroying everyone. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they think that they're going to come to the playoffs and do that. Like I'm thinking that like Vegas is thinking that Andy Reid has been holding back all year and he's about to just unleash it all. But the, the Browns are good. The Browns should at least be able to keep up with them. They got two good running backs. Baker Mayfield's been playing good. I won't slander him anymore. Like I think he can keep up. Yeah, I mean. The Browns have already had one of their most successful seasons ever. God forbid if the Browns pull off the upset, this state won't survive. Like we said last week, there's always a big upset. This round two, <laughs> yeah. someone's yeah. going to lose. I'm going, like, I'm getting, I'm getting all my predictions. I'm going, I'm going to be wrong because someone's going to get fucking upset. Yeah, because last week you you said it. You said it. Everyone gets upset, and we oh god, we did not expect the Rams and the Browns annihilation. Yeah. You're you're right. Someone is gonna lose. Someone someone who and we thinks going win is going to lose. The last one, which is deem they're deeming the main event of the weekend, uh, the Buccaneers, Buccaneers versus the Saints. Tom Brady's first time going against Drew Brees in the playoffs. Saints won the first two meetings. Week one was 34-23. Week nine, everyone has turned me go off about this week, so I'm not going to 38-3. to three. Uh, Bucks. Saints have won the last five meetings versus the Bucks. This is playoff, Tom. They beat the football team last week, 31-23. Uh, it's starting to look like Antonio Brown's coming alive a little bit too, but this is in New Orleans. Justin, how are you seeing this one go? 
Other than the fact that the Saints have the Saints have been beating up on them since 2018. And the Buccaneers haven't won since beat the Saints since 2018. The teams are pretty mm-hmm. evenly matched. We got mm-hmm. old geezers at quarterback. The Saints have an advantage at running back. Yep. The Saints have the better defense, in my opinion, but Tampa Bay's defense isn't isn't um much worse. Like I think what this game is ultimately going to come down to is the Saints' pride. They've been here in the spot way too many times. They've had too many losses of just yes. complete strangeness happens. And I mean, Minnesota miracle, that call, like they've been through it. So I think ultimately they're going to be up and ready to play against a team, a team that they have beaten five straight times. And they're not going to let that team stop them from going to the MC championship game and, and potentially Drew Brees' last home game. Yeah, the man, like we've already said about you, the man has a seat ready at uh, NBC, ready for him. So everyone's saying this is his last year. None of us have actually heard him say it, but that's when everyone else is saying, man, I'm really like, I'm liking the Saints. They're three-point favorite. I think that's just right. Because the Buccaneers, if you give, obviously, if you give Tom time and these wide receivers, can they can go. They're gonna be they're gonna be a threat, but I just feel like the Saints, like you said, man, it's you can't have it for a fourth straight year just mess up. Like it should have been five if it really wasn't for that the deflection against the Eagles with Nick Foles. Yeah, but I'm going Saints here. I can't pick the Bucks. I didn't even want to pick the Bucks last week, and if they had a competent quarterback, they would have lost. I was so close, but I'm I'm going Saints here. So that would have me. You don't like the Buccaneers, and it's funny, but there, there, there's also there's also some um, advantage. Oh, they're good. It's just there's also that thirty-eight three Saints too. Marshawn Lattimore owns Mike Evans. Yes, their last three matchups, Mike Evans have had six has had six targets and zero catches. So if the trend if the trend stays the same, Mike Evans is going to be a non-factor, and you know. Tom, um, the Buccaneers are going to have their hand time behind their back. They're only going to have Gronk, A.B., and Chris Goblin. Still a deadly lineup, but yeah. Yes. And then also, I, as God mentioned, the Saints cornerback, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I heard Pierce Schrager on a podcast call him the Pat Bev of the NFL. If, if you were watching closely in that um, Bears-Saints game last week, yeah. Anthony Miller... Threw a punch at him because, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was talking that good shit and got Anthony Miller out the game and a penalty. So something for the Bucks to think about. Don't let – I don't know if this man's good, but he's good at talking shit. So don't let him get, don't let him get in your head. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Sunday night game. It's the last game of the weekend. Uh, I, I do feel rightfully so because how often do you get Tom Brady versus Drew Brees in the playoffs? So we're, we're going to see, man. We're going to see. Are you are you taking the Saints in this one or man? I got man, I got I gotta take Tampa Bay. You know I'm a Tampa Bay fan. So right now, so at the end of Sunday, your NFC championship game is the Packers versus Tampa Bay. So you have Tom versus Aaron. Mine is the Packers versus the Saints. So you have Aaron versus Drew. AFC championship game, you got, if, if it all goes well, you got Chiefs 
and the Bills, and I have Chiefs and the Ravens. Man, I really hope Cleveland messes things up for everybody. Oh, my gosh. The, the only but, thing <laughs> I don't want to happen is the Rams winning. Don't <laughs> the Rams do not need to crash this party and just fuck everything up. We can get we can get Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees versus Aaron Rodgers. We do not need Jared Goff sliding in there and ruining that. We just don't need it. Boy, we just don't that, need that. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. You that would be bad. That would be and they're the first game, right? Yes, they're the first game. Oh, I'll, so just, we put, know, I'll right? just put a sour taste in everyone's mouth if that happens. All right, man. It's time for the Aki Bets picks. Justin, man, what, what are the smart bets for the viewers? Who, who can get some cash? Yeah, I only got two this week because these are the only two I really feel yeah. confident about the other two games. I'm not even going to lie to you. I really, I really don't know who the fuck going to win those other two games. I ain't even going to hold you. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, got the, I got the Bills against the Ravens. I got the Bills minus two and a half, and then I got the Browns plus ten. It's just, okay. it's just the Browns are getting way too many points, and I just don't know why the Chiefs are favorite by so much, and the Bills are just so hot, and I just think it's going to come to a big explosive play, and I just trust the Bills doing that more than the Ravens at this point. Okay, man, it's, it's dwindling down. We we only got four. How many games we got? Four games. We got three games left after this week. Yeah, it's 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 dwindling, man. It is dwindling. Justin, you got anything else? Talk NFL wise. There hasn't been any breaking news when we've been recording. Anything else for the listeners out there? No, I think we pretty much ran through everything. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good weekend. As long as the Rams don't yeah. mess everything up, we should have a great next week. And they started off too. That's the yeah. they started off. We're going we're going to know by the evening time. Of next week, if we're going to have a good a good championship Sunday, we'll we'll know. We will. But with that being said, thank you everyone for listening to the L7C podcast. Thank you, Justin, for dropping that NFL knowledge on us. Divisional round starts tomorrow. With man, now for my game that I was least excited about. Now I really got to watch. It's just really just put that in my head. What if the Rams do crash the party? <laughs> now I'm really thinking about it. Yeah. Like, so whew. so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But guys, remember Justin's picks. Get out there, make them, get some money for yourselves. And we will be back next week to go over the NFC and AFC championship week. So we will be back for you guys and breaking any news that happens in the NFL. You know where to find us on. Anchor, Apple, Google, YouTube, everything. Uh, like, rate, comment, subscribe. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the L7C podcast. You guys take care. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.